Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. fans, guess what? Uh, as promised, as guaranteed, it is podcast number 117 on Mothership, uh, delivered to you on the Monday morning promised. Uh, enjoy it. It's all you have today. There's nothing else going on at all on this Monday as we wait for Cleveland to come into town to play the series of the century. It's still early in the century, I guess. Uh, it's the last stand, as Jackie Crestle put it in the a recap on Sunday. Uh, it is the last stand for the White Sox. Uh, they will be either uh, three or four games out when Cleveland comes to town. Uh, it seems maybe more likely they'll be four out, but at any rate, one loss sort of adds extra game to how far behind they are because there goes the tiebreaker. But of course, huge momentum swing. The White Sox can manage to win, I won't say two, certainly a sweep, really nice momentum swing for the White Sox. Um, it's possible, I suppose. And I have four of your very favorite South Side Sox. Well, I guess I'm one of the four. How about three of your very fa- favorite White Sox, South Side Sox, personalities, writers, podcasters, et cetera, with me to discuss the possibilities of the White Sox, I don't know, sweeping, getting swept, uh, just depends on where the where, what color the mood ring is showing at this moment here. Uh, I have Joe Reeses, straight out of Indianapolis, Jordan Haas. Uh, from parts unknown, no, certainly are uh, uh, representing some um, closer to <laughs> closer to West Coast Saxon, and of course Melissa Sage Ballenbach, who is just representing Illinois. You know, come on, 
we got to have some Chicago area person and Chicago area. I know Melissa is, is pushing it. Okay. Well, uh, two out of three uh, <laughs> against Detroit, <laughs> which is great, <laughs> but you know, you went two out of three and you still managed to lose ground at least uh, at the moment uh, pending the fifth game between uh, Cleveland and Minnesota. Uh, I guess let's do a quick check-in. Um, how's everybody feeling? I think I think yesterday Joe may have given up. I'm not sure, but maybe he's going to take this time to uh, uh, recover. Uh, you know, where are we feeling going into uh, this um, series of the century, or at least the season? Yeah, the situation got a little bit worse since the time we spoke last, despite, as you said, um, winning the series in Detroit, um, which after the first game looked pr- very, very bleak. Um, and I mean, really, things still are looking that way. So um, Fangraphs has them at 15% probability to make the playoffs. 538 has them almost exactly the same. They have them at 14%. Not impossible, but um, not... It's still very much a long shot, and it's difficult to see a route for them to make it without a sweep of Cleveland. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it seem, seems kind of like, yeah, Sunday was a little bit of the the hammer's final descent on the last nail of the coffin, like being delayed a little bit with the Twins finally beating the Guardians in a baseball game, un- unbelievably. And the White Sox taking care of business in Detroit. Um, but yeah, without the tiebreaker, it's still going to be very tough. And um, yeah, they'll just have to take it one game of, at a time. And maybe they'll be able to work some of their Miguel Cairo um, magic. But um, yeah, still not looking too great. Yeah, not a lot of dog in those Minnesota Twins. Go figure. Soft. Uh, okay, uh, uh, Jordan, Melissa, where, where, are you, where are you feeling? I've I've never hated the state of Minnesota more. <laughs> like we're we're good. We're, we've been playing good baseball. It's the fact that the Twins have lost eight of their last nine games to Cleveland, which have all come in this miraculous turnaround since Miguel Cairo's taken the helm. It's like, come on, guys, give yeah. give us something. I know I know you you don't like us. And but you should not like Cleveland more. I I'm just it's exhausting to be like, hey, we're actually winning for once, and now we're we're totally screwed uh, unless we sweep. Which I mean, it's possible. I think I think two out of th- if 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 Cleveland loses tomorrow and we could take two out of three, I think we'd still have like a one in four chance a 25 percent chance but i still I, I mean we have to speak Cleveland, and that i mean their bullpen is obliterated after 25 innings yesterday a bunch of innings today probably some more tomorrow maybe maybe we can take advantage of that but we've also we've also proven that uh we can't hit minor league pitching for some reason yeah yeah so I guess. Uh, as the uh, cup gets potentially even less empty, we're going to move over to Melissa and her take and where she's feeling. Or maybe, who knows, it could, could, there could be a curveball coming. Uh, uh, Melissa, how are you feeling? I don't know. The, um, the roller coaster 
really made me pretty ill this weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, Friday's game was, was really tough. And I, I think, um, losing that one right out the gate was kind of deflating. And then the stress of yesterday's game and then watching the the Cleveland game and the, and then the twins, like really like they, they won on an error. Like that's such a white Sox thing. Um, And I just, I am pessimistic, I guess, going into the Cleveland series because it's hard to sweep any team, which we've proven. I mean, we've played good ball, but we didn't sweep, you know, Seattle and we, we, we didn't sweep the A's and we couldn't sweep the Tigers, you know, so it's hard to sweep any team. And, and Cleveland is really, really good. I mean, they are going to be pretty tired, which is to our advantage, but also now we have more pitchers on the I.L. So, um, or not on the aisle, but, but injured anyway, and, and taking days off. So, um, it's just, I, I think it's a really, really rough battle ahead. And I, I don't know if I see a whole, whole lot of light at the end of the tunnel and maybe a barf bag at the end of the roller coaster. Uh, yeah, <laughs> really. Um, the Pepno Bisno, uh, crew. Okay. The, um, the White Sox have not, based on, I don't know, um, Johnny Cueto's uh, lightheadedness, um, has Ozzy made a joke about him being hungover? Um, I, there is nobody listed right now, not that they have to, uh, for the White We can guess at who's pitching for the White Sox, but obviously if Cueto is good enough to pitch, he maybe pitches Tuesday. There's nobody listed, but worst case, if if Johnny's just, you know, he's got vertigo or something, then I'm guessing Dylan Cease Tuesday, Lance Lynn, Giolito. That seems like the seems like the three. I mean, those maybe the only guys left alive in the rotation. Cleveland, uh, the only uh, Savale is listed for Wednesday. Bieber for Thursday. I think you're squeezing Tristan McKenzie in there somewhere. Um, maybe he's a Wednesday go. Uh, I mean, that, I think the point is these two teams are lined up to throw their best at each other, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So there's not going to be an inherent advantage, although as Jordan pointed out, I mean, I don't know if it cancels out the whites, half the pitchers on the White Sox being dead, but uh, certainly Cleveland's gassed. And, you know, that's the weird thing about being gassed. You know, how how deep can you dig? Obviously, Minnesota has got no dog in them. So they're not asked to dig anywhere. Uh, I mean, we've got tomorrow it's sunny gray against Quantrill. Uh, you know, I mean, that's sort of a toss up matchup, you know, both good pitchers. So, I mean, it's certainly not a, a clear advantage and it doesn't spell an easy win for Cleveland. Uh, and of course there will be no easy win for Minnesota because they've completely, they're already planning their fishing trips uh, and trips to sandals for the off season. Cause they just don't care. It's very clear. Um, and that's a tough thing. You know, you can't, you could say, well, Cleveland should be gassed. They're not going to be able, you know, they're not going to have the Indians in them. Well, and maybe they will, maybe they will dig deep or maybe from the get go, they're just going to, you know, the White Sox have a chance to come, you know, to, to invite them uh, in without any off day and just steamroll them. I mean, they absolutely could do that. They haven't done that at all since first week of the season, but they absolutely could do that. And Cleveland is sort of primed for that. We keep waiting. We're looking at our watches to say, all right, when, when's it coming? And this week, the White Sox actually have their last say in Cleveland being, being on their heels. Uh, anything about these pitching matchups or anything about maybe the health of the White Sox, the ongoing side of Luis Robert having one arm um, that you feel gives the White Sox an advantage or disadvantage um, you know, with, with Cleveland? Because again, this is, this is sort of the season. Yeah, you making that point about steamrolling them or is – 
interesting because I think it was either on the broadcast today or yesterday that they brought up that I think four, only four of the games we've played against Cleveland were decided by two or less runs, hmm. which makes sense. I mean, we've hit Bieber pretty well this year. I don't know the stats on uh, Savale, but I think we, I mean, it's been fine. McKenzie's been yeah. lights out. So he's really the only one I'd be afraid of. Yeah. But if that's like a, a Wednesday Dylan Cease, Tristan McKenzie matchup, I mean, Sure, why not? I mean, I mean that's the that would be the game for the season, really. It would be Wednesday because I think we could take Tuesday and Thursday against those pitchers. It's a matter of uh, hitting Tristan McKenzie on yeah. if he pitches at all. If he doesn't pitch, then Cleveland's throwing out their season. They already didn't pitch him last. Exactly, Thursday. he can't do they that. They already again. didn't pitch him last <laughs> Thursday. It's like it's like if you pitch him Wednesday or Thursday this week, then. Yeah or you don't pitch him at all, you're essentially giving up too. And maybe, maybe that's what they want. Yeah. And that's the scary thing about this, this margin of error for the White Sox is it's Cleveland has got to win one. I mean, obviously it's not going to feel good for them to lose two against the White Sox, but they guys just got to win one. And that's an enormous win for them because it really is sort of like a double win. So that's the scary thing the Sox do have their backs against the wall. Uh, Joe, Melissa, anything in these in matchups or just something you're anticipating about this week that could go in the White Sox favor? Yeah, I don't think they're going to throw them a bone in back-to-back you know, matchups with, with oh, skipping okay. McKenzie. I, yeah, I don't <laughs> see it happening. Uh, um, yeah, um, Savali, yeah, he's had a rough season from an ERA standpoint, but he's been pretty unlucky. Um, FIP is below four, so, I mean, that's decent. Um, yeah, there's nothing really scary about him, but, I mean, the White Sox have – not been um sure things against you know decent but not great right-handed pitchers um so that's a that's you know not a great matchup there either um and and you know even if the I, I feel like you know this is a little bit pessimistic is more of a, a gut feeling than a, uh you know a, a analysis and sort of you know or an opinion based on analysis but I feel like even if the Guardians were trotting out three minor league arms they'd still find a way to win one game because Jose Ramirez would just take over and just have two home runs and seven RBIs in one game um yeah um tough to see them winning three against this team but I mean crazier things have happened I suppose it's true yeah I mean it's baseball anything can happen on any given day right um but I, I, having Giolito most likely going in this series, I guess, always kind of gives me anxiety because I don't know what Gio we're going to get. Um, and more often than not, it seems like we get the one who just is not not the worst pitcher in baseball, but not the 2020 version or even 2021 version of, of Giolito that we all loved and miss. So I, I guess that's the small part that gives me anxiety about the three game series is that yeah with Lynn and, and Cease I mean they've both been outstanding and so you know they can go up against the best of them but then is our offense going to show up because they can they can pitch right and we could just go zero to zero and, <laughs> and on and on and on but we somebody has to score a run right and it's like are we going to get the anemic White Sox where we get you know, two hits and, and no run production, or are we going to get the one who comes with 11 runs? It's just like, 
there's, there's no rhyme or reason or pattern, you know, or anything that you can figure out with this team, which I think is, is the part that makes it so crazy. Yeah. The offense's uh, flex has not been sustained. So uh, yeah, we can't exactly count on because it's uh Cueto or um, uh, Cairo, I'm sorry, uh, managing the team that somehow they're going to generate this, this great offense. It seems like the team itself is, is playing, obviously doesn't seem they're definitely playing better ball than under La Russa, but that's not a guarantee in um, sweeping Cleveland, which again is what they really need. Cleveland's magic number 13. And by the way, as I was looking up that magic number, it's always fun to look up the magic number for a team other than yours. I noticed, and I think this has already happened once, so we can't, it's a muted celebration, but we'll go to break celebrating the White Sox run differential now zero no longer negative unbelievable i mean this team could finish with a positive run differential it's almost like the offense isn't as melissa put it anemic it's almost as if we just it was just something we were seeing uh we're going to talk about i mean a few players maybe even a couple positive things uh we're going to take a quick break come back in a minute or so uh hang with us again it's all you got no white Sox baseball monday so hang with us you're going to want to re-listen re-watch anyway uh, but so definitely stick with us through a minute. Uh, we will catch you on the other side. One minute. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. White Sox fans, Brett Ballantini, lucky enough to host yet another Southside Sox Mothership podcast that come in fast and furious because, listen, clock's, clock's running out. Even with playoffs, clock's running out in this season. You know, what, it could only go another, like, six weeks when the White Sox are crowned 2022 World Series champions, right? So, I mean, listen, clock's ticking. Uh, and more realistically, we've only got a couple weeks left in the season, so uh, let's squeeze them in where we can and take advantage of some of these off days, uh, by the way. Hey, um, Aloy Jimenez seems to not mind being a designated hitter. You know, it offended him back in the Ricky Renteria era. It was just offensive that he would ever be even replaced defensively late in games, much less not be a left fielder, and maybe because he's realizing that he could end up dead before age 30, uh, maybe he's you know, recognizing that designated he maybe isn't so bad, but he seems to have taken to it pretty well. He's staying healthy, though he continues to scare us on about every other game basis, just running out, you know, hustling out ground balls. Uh, but this guy looks like the headliner, not that not that slacker Dylan Cease. He's looking more like the headliner of that uh, Jose Quintana uh, trade a few years back. Um, just great to see this guy just being the pure hitter that he is. He, um, he also has his, I checked today, his OPS, him and Elvis have the highest OPS plus on the team at 146. So, I mean, to me that, that was super exciting to see that, um, especially with him, um, being mostly in that DH role, that it is something that he is starting to settle into. And if we can get a full healthy season out of this guy, I mean, that, that could make a a real difference for us next year, except that we still have a lot of people who play DH, but, (laughs) um, the, yeah, the, the OPS plus really getting up there, um, was really exciting to see. 
Yeah, I, I mean, on the, the well, unrelated to, I mean, Eloy, who's hot, like, literally, like, one of the hottest players since the All-Star break, like, probably, probably top five, and mm-hmm. that's, that's saying something when the other four are, like, Judge Otani. Yeah, right. And, and, and a couple others, but it's, like, him and Elvis, I mean, they showed the 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 Chris Comka swap meet on the broadcast mm-hmm. today. He, I, he's Andrews is playing better since he, I think, since he came to the Sox on August nineteenth than Paul Goldschmidt, who is also doing really well. So it's yeah. like, I that is the I think the weirdest I, the weirdest thing about Rick Hahn is the 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 weird pickups that somehow do really well. Him, Johnny yeah. Cueto. I guess that's it um, that I can think of currently, but it's like, there's, there's always the, I, like uh, Billy Hamilton and, and mm-hmm. Brian Goodwin last year did really well. And it's like these pickups that you don't think we're going to do anything. Even Josh Harrison this year, these, these pickups that you don't think are going to do a whole lot. And are like, you're like, man, why are we picking these guys up? Or in Elvis Andrews's case, we're like, Oh, we need a shortstop. Mm-hmm. It's like, these are the guys that are somehow doing really well and keeping this team afloat. Him, him and Eloy and Jose Abreu and his, his AL leading hit hits. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, oh, go ahead, Joe. Yeah. Yeah. I can't blame Jimenez for um, wanting to play defense. I mean, he is a professional athlete. He's a competitor. I mean, yeah, if I was in his situation, I probably would have said the same thing, but yeah, from a fan's perspective, it is great to see him, kind of um, be more open to uh, um, being the designated hitter. And yeah, he's, he's been raking and um, yeah, I mean, he's not going to be the super useful player in the field, which yeah, it's pretty clear. He'll probably, yeah, he's probably, you know, somewhat of a clear step up on Andrew Vaughn, which isn't really saying anything, but um, yeah, I'll, Jimenez will likely, never be as good as even like a 40 to 45 grade major league outfielder out there. Like he's probably a 30 to 35 glove in the long run. And that's if he, but if he hits like this, that's totally fine. And it's, it's great to see him, you know, um, embrace that role. Uh, I don't want this to just break down into a bunch of speed rounds, but that might be how this works out. Um, uh, I need to know from each one of you if um, Tony Larusa is going to return to the dugout this season, and if so, what the effect will be. <laughs> Look at none of us wanting to yeah, jump in on that one. <laughs> um, I, I, my gut is telling me that he isn't. I, I think he's. Not, I don't think he's going to get cleared. To be honest, to to come back, I don't think he's going to meet the metrics that his physicians are going to say he needs to meet. That's just kind of my my gut instinct is telling me um, that from a medical standpoint, he's just not going to make it. Now, twenty twenty three is a whole other story, but twenty twenty two, I don't think he. I don't think he comes back, and I think that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, so it's a good thing for him. It's a good thing for the ball club. Yeah, I, I would agree. I don't think he's going to return this year. And it, it would seem very, very forced, almost like Reinsdorf is almost like pressuring the, the physicians if he's going to make a return to the team in 2023. Like, I, it's hard for me to envision that happening. Um, I mean, the whole way that 
he forced his the Reinsdorf forced forced his hand on the organization back in 2020 with the hiring. That was very much forced with him being here in the first place. So I guess it's not impossible, no. but yeah, my my prediction would be. Larusa has managed his last game for the White Sox. Ooh, wow, Joe, step out. Okay, uh, uh, Jordan, you're going to make it a, a a three straight. Yes, this is the one time where I will agree with everyone else. <laughs> okay. um, uh, yeah, no, I don't. I don't think he's coming back. I think the point of no return was was Tuesday. I think it, or or at least like the last homestand. I don't think he comes back now. There's no. I I think even he is seeing how well the team is playing, and he. Even I, it might even just be like a, I don't want to mess with the mojo the team has as much as I am possibly slightly a narcissist. <laughs> um, but I, I think it's, I, Cairo has been really good for this team. Whatever he's doing, maybe it's just not being Tony LaRusa. Um, and I mean, they have not played well when Tony's even in the building. So that could be a a problem, but maybe, you know, maybe, maybe that's just some fluke of the, you know, the games Cairo has, has managed that it just so happens that the yeah. four games that, that Tony's been in the building, we've lost three of yeah. them, but I, I don't see him coming back. I, I, I truthfully, I, I don't see him coming back period at this <sighs> point. I think if you're not going to finish a season, because you've, you know, you've got pacemaker problems or whatever. I, you really shouldn't be coming back for another mm-hmm. year mm-hmm. of a full season of baseball at all, really. Joe and Jordan stepping out. Okay, I am going to be the contrarian here. Uh, I am not willing to say he's not coming back next year. I think they're going to do everything they can, can to get him back. As Joe pointed out, Jerry Reinsdorf already shoehorned him in to a team that did not need him. And I would say it might actually be a good thing if he comes back this year, because it will be, it wouldn't be for stretch, which that the nature of my question was, you know, for these crucial games, do they need the hall of famer, you know, uh, making the calls. Okay. That's really what this is about. And I think we can all agree that's probably not happening, but I can imagine him coming back if only because, you know, like this really would be like, as you know, like a guy signs a one day contract, you know, with the team, right. I could see him just wanting to go out on his own terms enough to say, all right, I'm going to manage the last game. And, and then, and then that would probably be a good sign. I think we could look and tea leaves, tea leave that into saying, okay, he's not coming back in 2023. So I'm sort of rooting for him to come back just for that game. So we can say, all right, I signed my last, you know, whatever lineup card. I mean, the whole story, I mean, not that it's any of our business really. I mean, we're just, we're just fans, um, you know, about, about his his health. But I mean, the, the idea that we knew nothing about a pacemaker again, not that it's our business, but then, Suddenly it went from being something that was installed, you know, or, or inserted. And it was like in spring training this year. Again, we're not old, you know, that information, but it's just the story keeps hopping around. So it, it, in any other organization, I think we could all agree in unison, all four of us saying absolutely no way. But I'll be contrarian enough to say that he will actually be back in the dugout this year. And that would be a good sign for 2023. But I would say one of the two come back this year to say goodbye or managing next year, I would say one of those is almost a certainty because I've already been proven wrong about this whole experiment blowing up in the first place. So (sighs) Tony for the rest of our lives. Um, uh, So we don't run out of time. Uh, Let's uh, go around. um, And then maybe we can waste around uh, Robin question as well, but uh, what is going to happen in this Cleveland series? 
there are not many options. Cleveland sweep, Sox sweep, two out of three, one way or the other. Um, rain, I guess. Natural disaster. <laughs> Boredom. Uh, a game that never ends. We've seen Cleveland almost do it. But uh, realistically, what is the prediction for this week? Uh, and this really will be a, a glass half full or half empty type of answer because this really comes down to whether you think there has any hope in these last two weeks of the season. Uh, Melissa, I'll call on you first. Uh, what's going to happen this week in the three games against Cleveland? All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna say we're gonna we're gonna take two or three. We're we're gonna take two or three because we're home. Hopefully, there's gonna be tons of people packing the stadium um getting there supporting the team but i i don't think the two out of three is going to be enough but i i think i think they're gonna i think they're gonna put up a fight i really i really feel like being at home and uh if we can throw out cease and and lynn in those two games i feel pretty positive that we could take those two out of three but at the end i don't think it'll be enough yeah, I think realistically that would, if if, the, if we assume Cleveland wins uh, uh, the final game of the Minnesota series, uh, that's a stretch, but okay, now let's assume that. I think that would have Cleveland leaving leaving town essentially three games up. I think technically two games up, but realistically three games up. And now it's going to be a lot uh, to overcome, even with the series win. How sad is that that we're that back in the corner? Okay, Joe, uh, you know, what's your thought? You know, I, rumor had it you you had actually given up and congratulated the Guardians, but uh, that doesn't mean the White Sox can't still jump up and punch them in the mouth uh, this week, and they, you know, still don't win the division. Yeah, they can. I mean, it's possible, you know, roughly a one in seven chance that the Sox make it to the playoffs. And it's not 100% <laughs> over, but yeah, I have them winning two out of three as well. Um, they... I think they'll come out strong. Um, we discussed it a little bit earlier about Cleveland being a little bit gassed from their series in Minnesota, despite fairly weak play so far from the Twins. Um, I mean, they did force a crazy long uh, game uh, late on Saturday night into the wee hours of uh, Sunday morning. And, and that might pay dividends for the White Sox down the line, but I don't have them sweeping. And I really do think that a sweep would be necessary. So the two out of three, it'll in true 2022 fashion, keep the season alive, hanging by a thread. It won't be completely dead if they win two out of three. Um, but um, yeah, it'll, their odds will still be very long if, if, unless they, unless they take all three. They just won't let us close the book on them, Joe. They just won't let us do it. Uh, okay, Jordan, uh, again, you're going to just follow the pack here? No, I'm going to be delusional here. Uh, <laughs> we're going to sweep the Guardians, but <laughs> the Guardians are going to win on Monday. So we're going to finish the season one game back. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think we're going to catch them if, we don't, uh, if we, they don't lose tomorrow and we sweep them. So I'm going to say the weird outcome of we sweep them but they win on Monday. So we end the season a game back because for whatever reason, yeah. we're going to mm-hmm. stay locked and step. Yeah, that would totally be, that would be an even crazier sucker punch is the sweep where everybody's like, holy cow, this might really be happening. And that, and, and, and you, now they have the tiebreaker. All they got is tie now and yet still fall just that short. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, they do yeah. some crazy run of five of six or six of six against Kansas City in the season. Oh, you can imagine. And just us sitting at home going, oh, you got to be kidding me. Kansas City loses again and again and again and again. Um, it came up in, um, you know, not to uh, uh, have a 10th inning here that is melodramatic, given that we just gave our big clean predictions by the way you know what i will be a contrarian uh along with the rooster thing and i you know 
I guess that's what the host gets to do. No, I think the White Sox are not even going to be able to muster two out of three. Everything says they should, which is why they won't. I think they will take one of three. I think the games maybe will be close, maybe all three. The Sox just find a way to lose one. They're just going to find a way to lose one that they should have won. And, you know, then, yeah. I mean, I don't know. This is wishful thinking that I could just finally mentally just say, all right, turn it off. <laughs> Let's start thinking about off-season programming. <laughs> Maybe that's just my desire here. But it's just it's the way the season's gone. You know, I mean, they don't have the advantage. If, they, if they're coming in with the advantage with, in Cleveland or even somehow even with them, uh, yeah, I feel a lot better. The fact that Cleveland's, you know, had their number well enough. Sox don't seem to be getting up for big games. I mean, I guess we'll see. Yeah, and I guess it comes down to whether or not Tony LaRusso will be in the house. That could really be the X factor that we're ignoring. It came up uh, in sort of our staff uh, uh, talk not long ago about uh, Jose Abreu's future at the White Sox. This is, of course, a completely different um, direction. Uh, but, you know, we got some time to feel, so let's talk about it. Uh, do you think uh, Jose Abreu is going to come back with the White Sox uh, at least, let's say, for one more year? That, that his career will not end as of the end of the 2022 season with the White Sox. Whenever that is, again, with the parade, with the World Series uh, ring, uh, will he come back? And let's reverse order. Uh, Jordan, give me your thoughts on whether Jose uh, is a lifetime White Sox or what? I I, so my, I have like several opinions on this. I think it's if, if we somehow, some way pull off a division win and win the world series this year, I think Jose Abreu <laughs> retires. I oh, think, okay. I think, I think he's played, he's played baseball for so long. He's like, I mean, he's been playing baseball since he was like 15 in Cuba. I think it's 20 years is a long time to be playing baseball at a, close to if not professional level. So I think if he if we somehow win the World Series, he 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 rides off in the sunset. I think if not, I think he sticks around for one more year. I think that's the the Jose Abreu retirement tour. Because I again I don't think I don't think he wants to go anywhere else. Mm-hmm. I don't think he uh, I don't think I don't want him to go anywhere else personally. So I think he sticks around for one more year, tries for that ring. If he does it, maybe maybe somehow he goes to somewhere like Tampa Bay or something. But I, I think he's gonna if he doesn't if he doesn't stay, he's ring chasing because that's that's what he deserves at this mm-hmm. point. He's mm-hmm. played well, so well for so long. Yeah. That's what he deserves. So um otherwise. Otherwise, if he somehow signs a long-term deal, we're going to have to trade like Gavin Sheets or some or Jake Gavin Sheets probably, which might help us in the long run. But I mean, it would be nice to have a, a young guy like Gavin stay around for longer than than that. It would also be nice to let Andrew Vaughn actually play his natural position for one season of his White Sox career before he is inevitably uh, uh, pushed somewhere else. Uh, Joe. Joe, yeah, yeah. Well, we got a lot of that. Uh, Joe, uh, I don't know if your your take is going to be different. Uh, what are you thinking about Jose? I would love nothing more for him than for him to remain with the White Sox. Um, I have obviously he's despite a little bit of a power outage, like he's certainly falling short of his predicted home run total this year. He's still having a great season overall at the plates. Um. And he's shown that he can still swing the bat really well. And um, however, the issue I have is that they just have a major stockpile of first base slash DH types. And with the White Sox having this major payroll, which is higher than it's ever been by quite a, by a pretty wide margin. And the fact that I believe that was like, 
Han was largely allowed to take the payroll that high due to the anticipation of playoff revenue, it's likely not going to happen. Abreu, if he were to test the market this upcoming offseason, he'd get paid, despite his age, he'd get a pretty hefty amount of money. And given the payroll situation heading into 2023, I it's tough for me to see them making room for him on the roster. He's certainly good enough to get serious amount of playing time in this roster. Yeah, I'd rather have him getting at bats than Gavin Sheets in 2023. But at the same time, Sheets is going to be way, way, way cheaper. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, so I would lean toward Abreu playing elsewhere in 2023. I don't think he's ready to quite hang it up yet. But you know, hopefully Abreu is able to stay on the roster. This really breaks down to whether Melissa will actually commit to her postseason deposit and tickets and her full package for 2023. I mean, she pulls the trigger there. That frees up the money for Jose. But with that pressure on you, Melissa, what do you think will happen? Joe sort of gave us the answer what should happen. Uh, and that answer could be very different than White Sox will do, given that Paul Canerco sort of like crawled his way, you know, into retirement. Um I think it's probably going to be Jose's call to make, but uh, Melissa, what's your take on it? Yeah. As, as a fan, I'm, I'm completely torn because I adore Jose. I mean, and he, yes, his power has fallen off, but his OPS plus is still outstanding. It's not too far behind Eloy mm-hmm. and Elvis's. And so he's still, I, I feel like he's still got a lot of left in the tank. And if there's one thing we know, I mean, He's not going wood. He stays healthy, which we have a problem with in Chicago. Um, and that he gives us all, all the time. And I just, I really, I want, I want to see him stay. If he wants to stay, I want to see him to stay in Chicago. I, I feel like he still brings a value to this team. Um, and I honestly don't think he wants to play. I, mean, I think Jordan said it too. I don't think he wants to play anywhere else. I mean, he sees, the White Sox, you know, his connection with the Cuban history, you know, of the players and, and the team, I, th- I think he just, I think his loyalty is there. And I think if the White Sox said, we're, we're, we're going to go a different way. I think he does retire. I don't think he'd play anywhere else. Oh, well, he'd take his ambassador role. He'd take, he'd take yeah. his liaison to sign all the Cubans role, yep. which you know that is just on the table offered to Manager him. Jose Abreu. Yeah, <laughs> you know, hey. Hey, well. He and Paulie. Paulie's already preparing. <laughs> no, listen, uh, I don't know how much has changed in a decade, but um, <laughs> I'm afraid not much. I don't see the White Sox. Uh, but, you know, even if everything says they have 300 first basemen and DHs and nobody else to play anywhere else, and Andrew Vaughn has to continue to borderline humiliate himself in left field uh it's just gonna be the way it is i just don't see especially coming off of such a strong season they let paulie play when he was definitely should not have been playing any longer that might even be you might even speak for maybe the last couple of years of his career uh i, I can't imagine they're gonna even if this is a playoff window or whatever and i just i don't i don't see them giving them the boot no matter what, whether that is what they should do based on the talent they have at hand with sheets and vaughn and 600 other guys in the system um all right, I cannot promise, like I did last time, what number 118 Mothership Podcast will be because we don't have any real days off. Maybe it'll be an emergency one because something great happened. Maybe the White Sox will sweep Cleveland and we'll just have to do a podcast. But we definitely have plenty to come. Uh, we got a bunch of minor league podcasts uh, with Darren Black uh, reviewing the Sox, 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 Sox 
on the farm podcast we're going to review every affiliate you know he's always got a lot to say and i apparently sometimes smartly contradict him usually just sounds stupid and let him talk uh but we're gonna do a ton of farm stuff obviously we're gonna do season wrap-ups as, as everything's winding up there not a lot to celebrate as always with the white sack system but there at least are some stars to highlight so we will be doing that uh we're gonna have a uh comerica park a little uh podcast uh, uh coming up of course sharing talks will be coming so podcast wise we've got more stuff than you're probably even gonna have time to or want to listen to but you better you better you've made a promise to us and you got to fulfill you made a promise to joe reese's you are not going to lie to Joe Reese's. Do not do that. Bad things will happen if you do that. Uh, but for Melissa and Joe and Jordan, uh, I'm Brett. We did this podcast. Hope you liked it. Uh, we'll do another one soon. Uh, there's plenty of others coming, but we'll have another Mothership podcast coming. I don't know. Let's say at least a week's time. Uh, and hey, between now and then, hopefully the White Sox will be like looking down at the rest of the division instead of the perpetual state of looking up <laughs> lately at the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, we'll see what happens this week. Uh, thanks everybody for uh, joining us, listening, reading, all that stuff. Uh, without you, we're not here. And we'll be back with you sooner than you're ready. <laughs>